This episode contains spoilers. Please listen responsibly. Hello everyone, my name is Jason Ramirez and welcome to episode 5 of The Hit List, a podcast where me and a guest cross off films from our watch list by watching them. I'm joined today by a special woman, my best friend, Edmi Dorisme. Hello, Edmi. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Um, my name is Edmi. I'm a recent grad. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> I think this is a terrible time. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? You, you said Dorisme, right? Yeah. 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 All right. I didn't think about it, so you must have said it right. All right. So just a little bit background for everyone. We we kind of planned for Edmi to be on my on the first episode of this uh, podcast. Unfortunately, things didn't work out in our favor. But I'm really glad she's here because if you know us, we we talk a lot. We'll sometimes talk for hours. So hopefully, we won't talk a lot (laughs) as much because we both live busy lives during this quarantine. Um, Mm. We got we got to run, even though we're not running anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> so running in place yeah there we go there we go running in place and i think this is going to be a very entertaining um uh, i think it's going to be a very entertaining episode because we're, t- we're we're discussing two very entertaining movies two very thoughtful movies so mm-hmm. the two movies we'll be discussing to actually before we get before we get into the movies i want to ask Edme, um what are your viewing habits when it comes to streaming services what do you mean viewing habits? Like, like do you do you usually stick to the old stuff? Like do you usually stick to the same stuff over and over again or do you like watch new mm, stuff regularly? Yeah. So I have a big list. Every streaming site that I have, I have a huge list um that I go through. Usually I'm watching I usually have old stuff that are like comforts. So like old like shows like Criminal Minds or Bones. Those are like comfort shows I watch when I don't know what to watch, but I feel like watching something. Um and then I have a sprinkle of new stuff, but I don't watch new things like out of the blue like that. Like I plan if I'm watching something new, I plan it out. I don't know why. Like every time, even Sydney would do this. She's she's I recommend a show to me, and then I'm like, okay, adding it to my list. She's like, oh, we're not gonna talk about it for another three months because you're not gonna watch it. So those are <laughs> kind of my viewing habits. But I watch old or new movies. It doesn't like it doesn't matter. Gotcha. So for those of you who don't know, Sydney is a mutual friend of ours and she's also going to be a guest on the podcast later on this season. So I do like that you plan it out. I I don't plan things out, which is probably why I'm at the, why I'm at my place in life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a huge planner. I don't know why. No, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because then you're like, huh, this is a, I heard this is a tearjerker movie. So like, what day of the month would I be willing to watch a movie where I'm willing to cry? Exactly, exactly. But most of the time, I'm in the mood. I'm always in the mood for, like, watching Gladiator or, like, watching those kind of movies. Or Adventure. I really like, like, if I'm always looking for something that's like Lord of the Rings, that puts me in that adventure mood. We're going somewhere. We're going to find something. That's the kind of things I always gravitate to when I feel like, I don't know, Sunday nights, I'm always in the, let's, let's do some crazy mood. And that's adventure <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah, I'm a I'm a big adventure action adventure um, movie guy. I I'll watch it over and over mm-hmm. again. I think I think I've told you before. Rush Hour is one of my favorite movies. I'll watch it over and over again because like the comedy, yeah. the action, the chemistry between Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, like you can't match that. You can't match that. <laughs> I haven't seen it anywhere yet. Honestly, 
And they tried to recreate it with the Rush Hour TV show that came out like four years ago. It got canceled after one season. I didn't even know there was a TV show. How did I not know that? Because it wasn't a good TV show. Oh, okay. Was it yeah. with the original actors or no? No. Or just like a remake? Yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah, because like, how are you going to have Rush Hour without either Chris Tucker or Jackie Chan? And I saw like a clip yeah. of like one of the episodes and they remade like the beginning of the film where Chris Tucker meets an arms dealer to buy C4. So they remade it. So mm-hmm. like um, the person who plays, um, what's his name? Carter, J- James Carter. Yeah. Uh, the person who plays him, he sounds almost exactly, um, he's trying to go for the character of, of um, James Carter, but it just seems like he's just imitating Chris Tucker. So that's, <sighs> yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't the same. It Gosh. wasn't the same. All right. So actually, let's get back to what we're discussing today. So the two films we'll be discussing today are Starship Troopers, directed by Paul Verhoeven, and Moonlight, written and directed by Barry Jenkins. So these two movies are are so great in their own respective right. We probably won't be able to have like the whole conversation we want to have right now because there's so much to discuss just for each film. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a lot. It's a good thing because we actually we both actually like the movies um, that we yeah. each recommended to each other. So that's like that's a I think that's a first for this podcast. That's a first. Really? I think that's why we're best friends, Emmy. Yeah, this is why we work. This is why we work. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, yeah, no, it was in, yeah, it were it was a good choice. I feel like you do a whole podcast episode on each movie. That's how like crazy I feel like both movies were. Emmy, Moonlight was on your your list. Uh, why was it on your list? Well, it was on my. I think I first heard about Moonlight going into Oscar season. I always hear about the best movies so late. I don't know why, um, but everyone spoke about it. and Everyone was saying like it's such a great movie to watch. It's such a great black film, whatever. So it was on my list for the longest times, and then they won. Obviously, it was just on my list because um, I really like watching coming of age black movies. That's I want more of that, and I think it was. I didn't know at the time, but like now that I know it's like discovering like a masculinity and all that, but I knew it was a story about a young man and it's just like a black story coming of age. And I just always, like, I was just like, I need to watch this movie. And this was the perfect opportunity to like, okay, we're going to watch it and discuss it because I knew it was going to be discussion worthy. So that's why I chose it. Yeah, I I heard about it from Oscar season as well. I didn't even know about it until the day of the Oscars, which of course they're going to do that to us. Um, and when they try to give it to La La Land, and I was like, "Come on, <laughs> man, uh, not oh, La La Land." The oh. disdain I have for La La Land is very high. Like, I can appreciate it for like the way they went back towards its roots of musical, the roots of musical mm-hmm. movies. But I really yeah. don't like La La Land. I really don't. The thing is, I feel like I can't talk trash about La La Land because I never watched it, but it's because it's never interested me. And like, <laughs> I just feel like it's so, it's like, it's so obvious what it was too. I was just like, okay, this is like a love story, a homage to like, whatever, like Hollywood. But like, I knew as soon as I watched it, this is like a nostalgia thing for Hollywood to love. And I was like, this is going to go straight to Oscar, to Oscar season or to like award season. I just right. felt like it's like, there's like a lot of movies that happen. It's like, you know, that they're looking for awards or like, it's going to be a award season type movie that they know. So it just felt too much like that. It didn't feel, and it's just, and I like musical ish, you know, <laughs> but I was just like, I don't, and I love Ryan Gosling. So it's just like, but I still, still couldn't watch it. And then after the whole thing with La La Land and Moonlight, I don't know. I just feel like I just can't. 
caught oh, watching now. <laughs> it, it was the whole gentrification they try to do in front of us live. Okay, oh, live. live. <laughs> oh man, on TV. Oh, oh man. But the thing is, like, the reason I didn't like it as much. There are many reasons why, but <laughs> one of the main reasons is because they're not even that good of singers, right? Ryan Gosling oh. and Emma Stone. They're not great singers. They're mediocre at best. And yeah. I was talking about I was talking about this to like a girl um back at community college. And she's like, that's mm. the point because like they're still chasing their dreams and not really master that that I'm like, if I'm gonna watch a musical, I a big production musical, I want the actors to be great singers. Like Right. How is it the point that they're not good? Why would I root for them? <laughs> if they're not oh, good. Man. I mean, I feel like visual when I look at like trailers and stuff, visually it does look stunning. Or I wouldn't say stunning, but it does look pretty. But Moonlight won for a reason. Like, yeah. I don't know. So enough enough La La Land bashing. That's an episode mm-hmm. for another day. Um, <laughs> so did you like Moonlight? Yes, I loved Moonlight. I okay. There were there was just so many things. I just like from the beginning, it just didn't feel like I was watching them. I don't know like how they did this. And I was just like, this is just credit to whoever, everyone that worked on it. But I felt like I was in it. Like, a lot of the times, I just felt like I was feeling everything the main character was feeling. I was just, like, in his shoes. And I just felt the all the anxiety that he must have been feeling, I felt it, too. So I really liked the fact that I was, like, really into it. And I liked the fact that they broke it down to three parts. So that was really interesting. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the movie. I feel like we're going to talk more about, like, the extra stuff. But I, I really loved it. Like, I knew I know why it was such a big buzz. And I know why it makes it on such, so many different, like, lists of movies to watch. So I really, yeah, it was shot beautifully, obviously, but so good. Really. Yeah, like everything around it was just great. And the thing that you said, you felt anxious about it. I got PTSD. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's PTSD because like I, I, I don't want to be self-diagnosed, but like yeah. I've, I've been in shoes where like he was, I was a latchkey kid. Like I'll come straight home and like no one was home, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was also bullied in, in middle school until high school, like until most of high school. <sighs> So like I I know what it felt for him like I still had some mm-hmm. of a support system because at least when I whenever my parents came on like I felt the love there but yeah. um, Chiron he didn't have that support system nothing he had on um, Teresa and Juan but that was it yeah yeah and then Juan eventually died oh that's another thing um are we allowed to say spoilers I mean I guess we have to right I I, I not put, like I'm, big spoilers but I I put it in, I put it in the beginning when I record this like I, it's a separate recording where I like. We're going to talk big spoilers here. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, okay. watch the movie and then, watch, and then listen to this. So, like, go oh, ahead. Okay, Feel perfect. free. Because, okay, like, it, I don't think it um, makes sense to, like, discuss a movie without discussing spoilers. Yeah, really. Okay, yeah. So there, was, there were two things. Well, first, like you said, like, he didn't have really a support system anywhere until he found Juan. And he found Juan by, like, a happy accident. Well, not so happy accident. Mm. But another thing, his name is Chiron. And, like, I watch everything with subtitles. I kept thinking, like, every time I saw the name spelled out, I kept thinking that it's going to be Chiron for some reason. I keep thinking, I was like, huh. I, fr- I feel like, I think I met someone that their name was like, they, it was a C-H, but they pronounced it Kai. So I kept, I was like, Chiron would just sound so much. I mean, it doesn't matter. But yeah, the anxiety, it, it was just, 
so insane because you could feel like how trapped he was like he didn't know what to, like he didn't know how to express himself like obviously in the first part he was this really quiet boy and like he didn't know how to express himself in a world that tells him that he needs he needs to be loud in a world that tells him that he needs to be like extrovert and not only extroverted but like extroverted in his masculinity as well like he needs to be like macho macho or whatever and that's just like his first it's like he was like so young like, he doesn't know how to do it. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. And then now he has to go home. He has to deal with his crackhead mother. And, like, your mom is supposed to be, like, you know, well, your parents, your family are supposed to be, like, your stronghold, like, people you go to whenever, you know, like, your support system. And he just, it, uh, you just felt, like, through his whole life, even through, like, um third part, he wakes up and it's, like, a nightmare with his mom. So, like, that abandonment from the mom, when she had to, when he had to give her money for a crackhead addiction. Oh, man. I felt it. I felt it. I was just like, oh. So many the part where I really didn't like his mom mm -hmm. was when she, like, lit up right in front of Juan. Like, who's going to take care of him? Are you going to take care of him? And she just, like, lit up right in front of him. I'm like, the audacity of this woman. Right. right. I was just like, how messed up are you? Cause she's like, and then she's like blaming him for her crack addiction. And I understand, I understand like that, how a dynamic, but then also it was really cool how you could see in Juan, how ashamed he felt that he had to deal drugs to like make, I, I don't, wouldn't say had to, but like he was dealing drugs and you know, that's the way that he's making a living. But then he kind of indirectly perhaps ruined Chiron's life a little bit because right. I mean, she, I mean, if she really wanted the drugs, she could have found someone else, but like, He's probably, I mean, I'm thinking in his head, he's probably thinking about, man, I kind of ruined this guy's little life. And I was just like, that's crazy. But yeah, the mom, and she's a great actress for like playing oh, yeah. that so well. Because I've seen her in other things. So that was just like top notch. Oh, man. Uh, let's talk about the bully and how much I hated him. I mean, oh. he's a bully. What else are you going to do? But it's just like, he never did anything. And that's my problem. They just like minding their own business. And Honestly, then, that's that's the reason why bullies bully kids because like they'll they're easy targets. They don't have to do anything. <sighs> oh like, I know this because I never bothered anyone. I really didn't. Right. So, but like yeah. I was like I was just an easy target. I was the fat kid. But like now I'm like I'm fat, but I know how to beat you up. <laughs> I'm fat, but I know how to fight. Um, yeah, Terrell was just. Oh man, I didn't that, like him. But like, I think that's a credit to the actor as well, the guy who played Terrell. Mm -hmm. Because he, mm -hmm. I appreciate the actors who play villains very well to the point where, like, I hate yeah. that person. Because, like, mm -hmm. how else can you do that? Like, it's a very, um, acting is very hard. <laughs> I know from experience, acting is very hard. But, like, to make yeah. someone actually hate you for you yeah. because you acted this character. And it's just like, wow, like, you really made me hate you. <laughs> you, did, you did a good yeah, job. Yeah, <laughs> you really did that. Oh, man. Yeah. And I think also, like... Every time they were dealing with Terrell or, like, bullying or, like, any kind of, like, fighting, like, antagonist situation, like, the camera movement also made you feel anxious and also slash make you feel angry at the bully. So it's just, like, the way... It's just, like, the relationship between the actor and the camera <laughs> was really, like... <laughs> it was really showing out. It was really telling you guys, you know, this is... Things are happening. Definitely. My favorite scene, obviously, like... After he gets beat, well, I guess before that we should probably talk about Kevin. But the scene where after he gets beat up and he goes back to that school, the camera shots of that. Oh, I was like, this is what won the Oscar. Oh man, this is it. Oh Did my you, God, let's talk about that. 
let's talk about the sound in this because did you hear the silence after he hit him with the chair like that's a very real reaction that's a very real reaction whenever like the bully like hits back like you're not supposed to do that oh what's that it's like record scratch how did we get here (laughs) it was just like I want to see like, someone do an edit of him, of like Terrell being beat, beat to the ground and then Rick Scratch. Probably wonder how I got here. And no, go back there, to yeah. Stay. I'm, I'm sure it's there somewhere. But, um, oh man, yeah, that's the, and it was just like the determination in his walk. Like he's like, I'm not backing down from this. Like, fuck this dude. We're, we're going in. And it's just like the, he purposely walked. And then I think now that I've watched like a bunch of like movie videos or whatever, now like I know, I don't know much about cameras, but like I know about like the camera shots and I know like how many shots that must have taken. And I'm like, damn, that sounds like work on top of that. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that scene. And it's just like, I really, I, the thing is, I didn't think he was going to do that. I thought he was just gonna be like I didn't I didn't, I just didn't know he was I think he was gonna be mad and go to his desk and then like say something crazy maybe but like because he passed his desk and that's why I was like oh he's just gonna sit down but like yeah that's crazy I think he had too much determination in his walk to like stop then like yeah like it's so true, like it, it kind of like you kind of see how like no one paid attention to him because like if someone noticed mm-hmm. like it's almost his friend uh they would say he usually just like walks down face to the ground and like the way he's like walking Very confidently. True like the next day like and they know he got beat up the day before you're like oh he's about to fuck shit up right things are about to happen things are about to happen (laughs) and he didn't even like do like the walk in a circle either like even though that was supposed to be like a quote-unquote game for them yeah he didn't give anyone a chance to like think about what he's gonna do he just went up bam right no warning he's just like you know i've had enough and then just went (laughs) boom and like people were trying to like and like and the what you said about the silence was so good because it was so silent and then like then you like see the uh teacher's reaction and the teacher's like and then that's when everyone reacts it's just like it took them so long and that's the thing i hate about like school administration is mm. that like why are you at the surprise because like you earlier in like another scene it was a scene where like the professor the teacher's like oh terrell you know calm down or whatever it's like there's no discipline that happens in school until it becomes physical and that's always been my problem with like shit like can you discipline them now like he's entire like and then they act shocked when someone like beast them up i didn't think he deserved juvie for that honestly i was shocked when he went to juvie they put him in a cop car like are you kidding oh man that, i mean terrell didn't die that whole um school to prison pipeline is a very real thing i even thought about that like if a white kid did that mm-hmm. right exactly it's just so stressful like seeing that happen like you felt so good for him for like a few seconds and then you see his life like turn around after that so it, it was just like yeah i wouldn't even call it bittersweet it's just like man that's that was a short-lived, yeah. short-lived victory. Very short-lived. Yeah. Yeah, very short-lived. But I'm glad that, like, he had, um, he was able to get Juan as a mentor. I thought that was a really cool dynamic that they set up from early. I mean, I guess that was the point. I don't know. But I thought that was really nice. And, like, you know, I'm going to mess up his name. But he's a great actor. So he's phenomenal. Marsha I love Lee. him. Yeah, I'm Hersha Ali. Um, I could always, like, I picture his name. Like, I know how to spell it. But, like, I always want to do extra. So I need to <laughs> stop doing that. But, yeah, he was really great. At least you're not Jimmy, uh, what's his name, Kimmel? Right? He made fun of his name at the Oscars. Did he? Yeah, so he's like... Uh, Kimmel, Kimmel, Kimmel. Because Jimmy Kimmel was the host, I think, for that 
Oscar. Yeah, he was the Moonlight Year. Yeah. So he's like, he had a joke off around Marshall. Marshall, he was like all cool about it, but like, I'm like, you, you really, you wouldn't make a big deal if his name was Jimmy. Like, if his name was Jimmy Ali, yeah. you wouldn't make a big deal of that. But like, yeah. because his, his name is so I, different from what you're used to, he's like, okay, uh, we're gonna take a photo. Everyone at three, everyone say Mahershala. But like, that's just like what? the what? That was like the one. But like other one, other times he just like, because like three other times. Um, he made fun of his name. I feel like they don't make fun of the guy from Call Me By Your Name enough. That guy's name. I don't remember it. For some reason, that dude escapes me every time. Um, I thought he was British for the longest time. Apparently, he's just American. <laughs> but you know what? You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know who Call Me By about. Your Name. Okay, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. It's not like that he's bad or anything. I think it, it's not that he's bad. He, it's just like people got obsessed with him very quickly. And it's just like... Okay, you know. Um, let's talk about Kevin. Yeah. <sighs> Man. The first thing I thought about, well, not the first thing, after, like, he got beat up, the first thing I thought about was how um, Sharon has never had, like, a positive kind of relationship. Like, familial, he didn't have a positive relationship. The only positive relationship, he had Juan, which is the outside. And now, so he's, and also he's never seen, like, a positive kind of like partnership either maybe Sharon and Teresa but like not within his own and like he just got like basically an awakening kind of moment and like an intimate moment with Kevin the moment at the beach when they talk about like do you ever cry I was just like Mm. my boys it's okay to cry it's okay to cry but like um and then for the next day to be literally beat up by him I was just like this is a heart-wrenching moment for him heart-wrenching because it's like You've never, the one positive experience you had, or maybe it was positive, it was positive experience that you had is like tarnished like forever. I mean, later on, not forever, but like, and then he decides to have kids with a girl. I was like, oh, man, get your bi ass out of here, (laughs) whatever he is. I was just pissed. I was just like, you got to have that. Like now you have kids. It's like, like society makes it okay that you like have kids with a girl and like whatever it's just like but Tyrone has been suffering he went to jail and now he's a drug dealer I just found it very ironic the same hand that Kevin used to pleasure Tyrone was the same hand he used to beat him up oh god I was like Pain. man Pain. that was just hard to see man that was just hard it's to so see. hard to see I also love the actor little Kevin um, or not little Kevin but like teenage kevin Kevin. yeah teenage kevin it's just i just know like that must have felt so horrible for kevin too because like the whole not the whole movie but the movie is also addressing masculinity and what it makes you do and like what little things that you have to like kind of conform to and like you could see like visibly even in the cafeteria he was nervous with the conversation with terrell because he's like i'm not doing that anymore like i'm not beating anyone up just to for the sake of beating them up but then he kind of feels like peer pressured into because that's what it like you got to be a man or whatever like it's just ah uh, i hate that for boys i hate that so much i mean i hate that for everyone but for uh male young friendship adolescent friendships is very much into like physical like aggressiveness yeah wow like adolescent female friendships is like just different it's not physical it's not like beating you up until you die and that's like the thing so i just ah felt for them in that moment felt for both of them but obviously kevin just run away i don't know yeah there are other options yeah and it's also it was also rough for um chiron because when he was in jail he met someone who like it basically indoctrinated him to become like a Mm -hmm. drug dealer and the fact that he he wasn't intimate with anyone else for like ever since kevin essentially (sighs) i'm like wow like you Man, you need therapy. Like, 
why is Trayvante so good? Like Trayvon, like the guy that played Tyrone, like adult Tyrone, is just like because I could still see like little Tyrone there. Like he was, he was still quiet, oh, yeah. kind of kept to himself. But then like there was just so much emotion, even though there was a lack of emotion because you know they're men, and like even just like you know I haven't been with anyone since, and it's just like. You guys were like, what, 16, 17 at most, I'm going to give you. 17 at most. And it's just like, he's an old man now. I'm just like, well, not old, obviously. He has his whole life ahead of him. But I'm just like, oh, this man has not been able to make any kind of, like, really relationship. I'm just like... And I was just like, this is ironic that, like... Not ironic, like, but the fact that he became... It's like two things, like the fact that he became a drug dealer, like his mentor Juan, and then you saw the grills that was yeah. like an homage to him, but also like the same drugs. I mean, we don't know what he's dealing, but presumably the same drugs that potentially made him have a a bad relationship to his mom and b made his mom, you know, a bad mother basically. So I was just like, wow, that's what we're going to do. But then also, like you said, he was pr- like preyed on kind of when he was really young. And also, like, it's just what happens. He, he's going to put a bunch of drug dealers into one place. I don't think they're going to make connections there. I just, the prison system, we're going to get it out of there, though. We're going to abolish that shit. Don't worry. <laughs> hopefully if, hopefully in our lifetime, because that's just... Like, really? It makes no sense. They never really got rid of slavery. They still want slavery in this country. That's why they said, like... We abolish slavery except for prisoners. That's why you have 25% of the world's population is... Right. It's No, it's insane. Yeah. I, I might have gotten, yeah. like, the wording wrong, but, like, we have... Mm-hmm. Basically, have, like, a large number of prisoners in the United States. Yeah. And that, that's do. not that's not an accident. Yeah. Not at all. I spoke to my friend about this. Like, even before, all like, everyone started talking about, like, abolition or whatever, I spoke to my friend about this, about how, like, gels don't really... They don't work because if it's not something about... If it's not making you better or like making you have different options then like what's the point i was just like i'm so glad that we spoke about this before because like see i told you it's possible that we're gonna find (laughs) a different way now so many people talking about this i was like yes it is possible um but i did write something wait so what did you think about the conversation between kevin and chiron when they were younger at the beach like about like the whole like breeze and masculinity like the you cry like did you feel any kind of i don't know anything about that um being a man or whatever i guess like if i saw it when i'm back like four years ago i probably would have felt something but like now i've kind of accepted mm. my uh emotions essentially so like yeah yeah it, it, it made me like a little sad but i didn't really cry at that moment because like i mm-hmm. i knew at the time when like i felt i felt the need to not cry because i i wouldn't be seen as a man but now i'm more mm-hmm. um secure in my emotions like i'll, I'll yeah. cry sometimes but like it's okay yeah. you know like we can't be positive all the time because that's unhealthy Right, exactly. And I think I like the moment. I think Kevin said it. He said, man, I cry all the time. And then I think Sharon was like shocked, like, oh, shit, it's okay to cry, basically. Like, he needed that validation. And I thought that was a really cool moment. Uh, yeah, so that was, that whole conversation, I think it was good. I mean, it's almost like, obviously, like, it's a positive uh, experience that later is tarnished. But I think that kind of validated him a little bit i think it was important for them to have like that conversation for them to be out there that night because it really did give him a lot like to think about and to just make to just self-assure him a little bit but um kevin was bold though he was bold for not knowing what if charmone's sexuality for not knowing if charmone was gonna be like what are you doing but i mean someone's not like a loud crazy offensive person but like he could have been in that moment and for kevin i there was a little bit of bravery in kevin but 
I don't know if Kevin knew or something, but like that was really bold of him to just go ahead. He like instigated <laughs> every situation. I'm like, okay, all yeah. right then. Oh, yeah, man. that's um, that was very bold of him as well. And yeah, mm-hmm. actually, like I kept thinking in the back of my head how their lives could have been improved if like social services did a better job. Like I kept thinking, like in that school mm-hmm. system, I was like, man, they should mm-hmm. they should have they need after school programs, they need counselors. They need people who mm-hmm. actually care. They need like smaller classrooms, or whatever. Yeah. So like with Kevin, not sorry, not Kevin, with Sharon. Sharon, yeah. Like if they had more counselors uh, in the school, he would have gotten help a lot sooner. And they had after school programs. He wouldn't become like a latchkey kid. You know, he wouldn't need to go mm-hmm. home right away. He'd be like, oh no, yeah. I have a club after school. So I was just thinking like yeah. these these small little things that don't really cost a lot could make a huge impact in mm-hmm. these children's lives. I don't think when we're kids, we don't really know the big deal out of it. But like once we're adults, yeah. like yo, we we that really kept me out of the streets. Like just going to yeah. the club after yes. school. Yeah, and like um with that with him like the after school thing, it's just like you could feel how scared and nervous he was as well. Like oh, just man. going home. Oh man, and then like uh and then I think oh a good moment for me was when or a big moment for me was when he was like when Terrell actually came at him like out in the streets or whatever and i feel like in most movies we expect him to just like we expect charmon to just like you know what i'm done i've had enough i mean i guess his moment is later on with the chair but i expected him to fully just like knock him out but i know that charmon is too small he won't be able to fight back it was gonna be a a, a point where he gets beat up i expected that situation to happen and it happened later on in a more intense and intimate way when it's like kevin this guy that he probably likes him like his childhood best friend hits him. But I think I expected that. So I feel like watching other movies, I expected that scene so much. When it didn't happen, when Charmin was just like, man, let me go or like whatever. You could tell he was scared, but he was trying to like be like, no, man, leave me alone. I'm just going to go. And I was like, oh, OK, he didn't he didn't do that. All right. But then they did it so much worse. They were like, OK, <laughs> we're just going to we're going to give you that false sense of security. And then boom. Oh man! So I thought that was interesting. And the thing that started is because um, Terrell made fun of Teresa, and because he said, "Like I heard she gave free help." Oh yeah! Oh my god! And you then he got mad was- at that. <laughs> Yeah, as anyone should, like, disrespecting your mother like that. But you know what? I automatically thought that is about mommy, that. Like, when... the mother figure, the mother figure. Oh, it was Teresa. Teresa, because he made fun of fun. Teresa. Terrell made fun of Teresa. Oh, I thought they were making fun of Paula, his mom. Oh, that's even worse. That's really worse. But in that moment, I was thinking about, you know how on Twitter people are always like, not always, but, like, some guys are just annoying. They, they'll post things like, Man, I can't even imagine like you're you're a kid and then like other kids in your class find out that your mom has an OnlyFans. And that's what the first thing I thought about in that scene. I was just <laughs> like, alright. It's so stupid and irrelevant. But I'm like, bro, that's exactly what's gonna happen if that last year the happen. joke was premium Snapchat. Like um Oh yeah, like a- it's a premium chat. <laughs> Like they said, like man, rappers are gonna grow up in like um, twenty years from now. They're like, yo, I, I was so hungry, my mom had to make a premium Snapchat, yo. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like, let's not even think. I, I was like, why are people thinking that far ahead? Like, just people need money. You're making fun of someone that doesn't even exist right now. Like, <laughs> right? Exactly. You're pre-making fun of someone. Like, what if they don't want kids? Like, stop enforcing your rules and whatever ideals that you have upon them. But yeah, that scene was kind of crazy. So um, during the quarantine session of 
last semester, uh, we had to watch um, Moonlight. But I didn't have Netflix then, so he, my professor oh. told me to watch this specific scene, which was like the scene where he got beat up. And he said, oh. focus on the sound, focus on the music. And this oh. is like, it's very um, rare to see. I, I don't say very rare, but it's a, it's, it's a decision made whenever you have the music overdub the sound of a fight. Okay. You yeah. Know? Did you notice that? Um, wasn't it silent? Or was it the orchestra? Because I feel like there's a lot of orchestra elements. But was it silent? I don't remember. I don't remember the I sound. I remember it was the orchestra. Okay. I don't. I feel like I don't remember the sound. I feel like I more remember the camera work and what it was fixing on. Like fixated on. It was fixated on Kevin and then Chiron. And then it was like doing the circular thing. But I don't think yeah. I noticed that specific. This is like music. What was like the significance of like the music choice or like the choice that was made? So honestly, I like, think it's it the, I think at this point it's just um this is like the moment when the English teacher asks you why is the door blue and you say oh the door's blue because it's blue it's like no it's because mm. the author is trying to signify sadness I'm like nowhere in the oh. book does it say that's what I thought <laughs> yes okay <laughs> I hate when they used to do that oh so like yeah that that was just like a mention of that joke but like there were moments yeah. where I was like oh that's a very creative um how you say decision. So like when his mom yelled at him, like "Don't look at me." Yes. When you first see it, you don't know what she's saying, but you can you can, you can essentially hear it, but you can't hear it if you know what I mean. Yeah, she did that very well. Yeah. and then later yeah. on, like, oh, so that's what she said. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh man, I watched actually like before getting on. I watched or getting on this call, this podcast. I watched um a video about like Moonlight, like the decisions and like the music. And I think they put an emphasis on the fact that uh, most like coming of age, like movies about like black teens or just like black people, there's always like emphasis on putting like uh, rap music or R&B music. But then there was like this uh, decision to like have kind of like orchestra music playing and also the silence. There was just a lot of more silence because it's just like just makes you more present into it. I don't know. I was just like, ah, oh, man, so good. It made it seem more theatra- the- theatrical. That's the word I'm looking for. I like the movie seemed more, it seemed just like bigger than it was. I was just like, what? I was just watching a simple coming of age movie and it just felt like, I don't know. It just felt like more because of like those choices and those decisions of like the silence and the, the orchestra. And then it's just like, and it felt also the conversations felt real too. Like it didn't feel like too, sometimes you watch movies and it's just like, oh, okay, it's just, movies or shows really i think shows mainly do it but it's just like oh okay they're just trying to do but it's just like it felt like a real conversation that people would actually have right and obviously it was shot beautifully like we know this the water scenes were really cool i was actually thinking this like i was like this is pretty interesting i really like this movie and then i i I, like scroll like a little bit you know i move my mouse a little bit and i realize oh it's been an hour (laughs) (laughs) i i I didn't i didn't realize it had been that long I'm like, oh, it's been an hour already. An hour. Wow. Okay. Right. It's a uh what? And then when I was like, I was checking the time because I didn't feel like there was enough resolution for me yet. And I was like, okay, how much time do we have for me to get a little bundle wrapped up? <laughs> and then it was just like 20 minutes out left. And I was like, and I think it was either 20 or 25 or 26. And I was like, 26 of those minutes, three of those are just like the credits. So I was like, what's going to happen for me to feel good right now? Like, what's going on? I just I just didn't feel like. But yeah, the time went fast and slow at the same time. For me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like that at times. So, Edme, do you think you should have seen Moonlight sooner? Yes, I definitely should have. Because if I had seen it sooner, I would have been outraged and everything with the Oscars. I feel like I would have been more present. 
um like i said before it was shot beautifully i felt like i was really in it which is not common in a lot of movies like you don't really get to feel everything that the character is feeling and then um i was anxious and i think i gasped when they uh kissed when kevin and Tyrone kissed at the beach i was like oh but yeah, um, definitely should have watched it earlier. But I'm glad they watched it now and I, I'm able to discuss it. Because I don't think I know a lot of people that have watched it. Or at least to discuss it with anyway. How about you? I've been saying this a lot with a lot of movies I, I've been seeing. Like with this mm -hmm. series. I think I'm watching it at the perfect time right now. Not because of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, it's an obvious Because I don't want to be quarantined. No one does. <laughs> right. I think, I think it's, because it's better now that I watched it now. Because I appreciate it a lot more. Because like... I was still trying to like get rid of old prejudice prejudices um back mm -hmm. in like, twenty sixteen. Like back in twenty fifteen mm -hmm. I saw a sensei and it changed my view on the LGBTQ um community. It it really changed my community? view. Since really? so this is why, Yeah, this is why representation matters because you see these films and you see them mm -hmm. from their perspectives. I'm like, oh, so they're just yes. regular people. So if I saw it back in twenty sixteen, like which is a year after Sensei, I don't think it would have the same impact on me. But I think it's better just seeing it now. Gotcha. Yeah, Sensei was a phenomenal show. And now a word from our sponsors. Now back to the show. So Jason, why was Starship Troopers on your list? There's this YouTuber I watched like last year. His name is Cold Crash Pictures. That's the name of the YouTube channel. And he's the reason why I put Candyman on my list, which is the episode before this one. Oh. And he had a very well-done discussion as to why Starship Troopers is good and why Candyman should be considered a lot better should be considered as like a essential film, which I, I also think after watching that film, it should be an essential film. And he did a video on Starship Troopers, not specifically Starship Troopers, but on a director himself, whose name is um, yeah. Paul, Paul Verhoeven. Mm -hmm. I think I'm saying his name right. He said he appreciates, he appreciates Paul because... He makes commentary in each of his films, but people don't really notice it until years later that he's making commentary on this. Mm. So one of his movies, it's famously panned by people. Back at the time, it was panned by people, but like it also made money in the home video rentals. It's called Showgirls. Have you heard of that okay. movie? Yeah. But, um, what is it about? It had one of the ladies from Saved by the Bell, and she became like a showgirl for like Las Vegas. Okay, no, no. Okay, so like that movie didn't do well, but like the thing... Cold Crash Pictures, he was trying to say that Paul was making a commentary on toxic masculinity. And he does it in almost all of his movies. Because, like, oh. one of the one of the things he says, like, the women that... The men who raped the women in, like, a couple of his movies, they um, could have had sex with them, but they chose not to. Mm. Because they want that power feeling. Because that's the observation he made. I'm like, oh... So, like, that was just, like, Showgirls, and that was, like, from other movies. Mm. So, I mean, he said Starship Troopers was a satire. I didn't know it was a satire. I thought it was just, like, a straight-up um, sci-fi movie. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I watched the commentary. I'm like, oh, it's a satire. But, like, I didn't really get too into that. That's why it's on my list. It's a very long <laughs> explanation as to why mm -hmm, it's on my list. Mm -hmm. So, the thing is, you texted me the day after I watched it, and you were like, just finished watching Starship Troopers. I really liked it. Um, it's good to know that it's a satire, like going into it. And I was like, you see, that's the thing. I did not know it was a satire. Like I actually, there was a moment where I paused the movie and I was like, is this supposed to be serious? I was, what, like, what, what I was like, is this a comedy? Huh? What moment? I, actually, oh my God. I don't even know. I think it was when, um, I think it was one, the moment where they actually, like where the main guy was actually going into like the military thing. 
Because I knew, like, the whole, like, thing with the girlfriend. I know that was like, oh, they're just doing, like, teenage romance, whatever they do. But I think it was, like, the moment where they actually, like, went into, like, his training. I was like, this can't be real. Um, But I was, like, looking for the genre. And I was just like, is this a comedy? <laughs> I was, like, looking for anything that said comedy. I was like, what the hell's going on? But it reminded me, Um, I watched, I don't remember. I'm trying to, like, rack my brains to remember what YouTube video I watched. But I watched a YouTube video, not about Star Trek Troopers, but mentioned it they mentioned the director they mentioned the director did not like the book <laughs> and like literally made them he said he hated the book yes. couldn't get through it yes and then made the movie and it made it a satire and i was like and i was like this must be the movie i'm watching but i'm just like wh- the the thing is when i first watched a youtube video like it wasn't about search it was like whatever like they the moment passed it was like a five second like talk about this guy and then it goes on to whatever the actual youtube video is about i was just like why would you adapt a book that you don't like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me that was like my first i was like why'd you agree to this you could have said no i was just like but then watching the movie i was like points were made but also like what the fuck was that i was like how crazy must the book have been because the book was probably serious so oh, the book yeah. was a serious book but like he made it into a comedy yeah so i was gonna get into that um the book is Hold on, let me see. The book is written by Robert A. Heinlein. It was made in 1959. And mm-hmm. he wrote it seriously. Like, he actually yeah. had the ideals. And, like, I'm like, that's crazy. I read his like, wiki. Yeah, I read it. Bro. He's like, dangerous. Like, it was controversial when it came out, too, because people were saying, "Are you, you're advocating for, like, uh, authoritarianism. I don't know how to say the word, but, like, you're advocating for, like, a militaristic... Yeah, yeah, dictatorship yeah. regime. You're you're advocating for children to military lifestyle complex. Exactly. Oh, uh, uh, there's so many things. Like, I just, oh my god. And he said, like, um, basically, it's like you cannot be a citizen until you've done service. Uh, you can be a civilian, but you won't be able to vote. I'm like, you can't vote. You can't vote. You can't vote. I was like, I was like, what am I watching? I was like, I need explanation. What's going on? Because they were like, well, to be a citizen. I was like, huh? And then you have to be. And then the girl was saying, like, she can't be. She wants to be a politician, but she can't be until she goes to war or she goes to, like, she joins the military. I'm just like, what is going on? But I just, like, rolled with it. I was just like, I'm going to stop trying to make it make it make sense. Yeah, I think for, like, the woman that wants to be a politician, it wasn't that. I think she says she, it looks good to have, like, service background. But also because, like, how can we be a politician if you don't have the right to vote? Like. You know, Points. you just be like, Points. yeah, so like it's, it's a whole reason why. But like, like I was saying, I hope the Republicans haven't seen this movie because like they'd be like, you know what? Uh, not enough people are joining the military, gave them free college. So we're just going to say uh, no more birthright citizenship. It's become a citizen. Right. After the military. I'm like, yeah, Bruh, no, no. And, yeah, Where'd you get wait, that idea? Well, right. Where was it about the girl? Like this is the shower scene. But the girl, when she said that she wanted to have babies and she can't until she joined the military. Is that what? I didn't understand that. I so saw. I think there's like more um, lore behind it. I think there was like population control, mm-hmm. and also like there's like a very imperialistic background because if you remember, their their high school is in Buenos Aires. Like they're from Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. but they're not mm-hmm. from Buenos Aires. They're yeah. definitely American. They white as fuck. In the propaganda um, news, they they said like in Latin paradise, uh, Buenos Aires has mm. been destroyed. It, it just shows like this kind of like how. California, Texas, they were all, like, colonized after Mexico sold them to, like, America, to the United States. Yeah. That's probably the same thing that happened before the events of the film where, like, Latin America was colonized by the United States. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's what I think what really happened. So that's why there's, like, this whole thing behind it. And also, like, the thing is, back to, like, the director not liking the book. 
he went through yeah. two chapters, went through two chapters, and he told the writer, the writer of the, the the screenwriter, he said, you know what, this book is boring. Just tell me what happens, dude. Because oh <laughs> he already decided to make the movie, and he's like, oh, this would happen because he said it was too far right wing. I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> and I'm so glad yeah. he made a satire out of it because yeah. it was just like, yeah, me too. Um, now I was just saying, like, I can't, I can't even imagine it as like a serious movie because, like. How would it? How would it have ended? Like I don't even know. Like the way that they ended the first one, obviously, was just like an interesting wrap up. That was a commentary on itself. But like I don't know how it would have done it if it was like a serious movie. Like that's some actually crazy stuff right there. It was like a a, a short anime series, like back in the eighties, from what I did research on. Oh, because uh, yeah, the IP is like very popular, mm, and so they made okay. it in Japan first, and then like. They made four movies after this one too, but they weren't released theatrically um, on like the first oh, one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like the last two movies um, were computer animated. Okay. Interesting. Um, first, let's start the narration. I love that. I love that. Oh, the, yeah. the propaganda <laughs> videos. And it's such, it's such a good way of exposition, but we're, we're included in it. It's like it's such a good way. Like you have to tell us what's going on because this is obviously a different world. But like it's a it's a cool way to like because that's what people in this world are seeing as well. Like kids that are watching these propaganda videos. That's what they're seeing as well. So I'm just like, I love that. That was just so fun and funny. I, I love those little sprinkles. And the propaganda was like, I was like, what is going on? Once again, what is going on was a theme and a lot. It just a lot of things just didn't even make sense. Yeah, narration was really very well done and the fact mm -hmm. that like it's like immersive like you said and they could have done it, they could have done it any other way as well but they chose it to do that way which i really like the decision behind that because they could have gone the way of star wars and it had like a scrolling text and then yes like, yeah and then like pan down to the planet or whatever or pan down to like the ship but they didn't do that mm -hmm. they're like no we're gonna do this thing it's gonna be creative and people are gonna love it and i, I love it right I mean, I kind of wanted to hate this movie, not going to lie. But I was just like, you know what? Let me not stop being a hater. I was like, let me stop being a hater and just like take it. Because I think the themes were just so annoying to me and so anti-anything like I like or believe in. But I was just like, it's just, it's funny. It's it's funny. Yeah. It's insane. And I think they like, I think they showcase how insane it is in their own way. Yeah, um, definitely. The love triangle made no sense. Yeah. I need my, like, it made, I was like, what? Anyway, nobody is shit in this thing. <laughs> like, everybody sucks. <laughs> like, they ain't shit. Like, I was just like, what? So, like, the thing that I noticed, I read this in Wikipedia, so it may be, like, mm -hmm. can it be true or completely false? But, like, when they did the test audiences for this movie, the woman, I forgot her name, like, was it Carmen, the pilot? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, like, with Carmen, they didn't think it made sense for, like, because um, they try to, like, give more, they want, like, more drama between, like, the romance between, like, um rico and the other guy dina oh oh uh xander or something like that. xander see they want they want a more drama between those two and they wanted carmen to have more struggle choosing who to who to choose they've been like oh. this the, the test audiences were like um she's training really hard to be a pilot she wouldn't she wouldn't have to struggle as much of a decision on that she she probably like move on quickly and i'm like yes thank you because like it could have gone worse, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Like, it could have yeah. been worse. Oh, I would have hated seeing, like, a struggle thing. I would have hated seeing that. Um, yeah, and it, it in the end. So, yeah, in the end, it doesn't matter. In the end, Rico, um, she's, she's supposed to kiss Rico for saving her. And if people don't like that either, like, what, she went through all that, and she's going to, like, kiss him, like, now? Like, what? Oh, and also, 
yeah. And it also would have been disrespectful to Rico because he his girlfriend just died. I don't want to say his girlfriend, but you know what yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. a, a very close friend of his just died, like I think like two days beforehand. And then like yeah. it probably been disrespectful to Rico. So good, good choice, a good testing audience. They really did that. Yeah. Um, I just so didn't under like, yeah. What were you gonna say? No, it's like I'm, I just want to say like it's probably it's probably true or not, but like I think it's like leaning for towards true, but like I'll fact check at the end of this. Yeah, eh, it wouldn't matter, but they made some good choices. Cause I just felt like I was like, what is what is Dina? What did what does she like about this dude? Why? <laughs> I was like, what does Rico like about Carmen? I was like, there's just so much going on, but I did appreciate the fact that. Um, Carmen never backed down from like she's like yeah I'm gonna be a pilot bro like I already you already knew this I'm leaving <laughs> and you know what I'm gonna stay <laughs> so I really appreciate that like her thing has always been like a pilot so I was just like she's was on character she kind of did him dirty with the Xander stuff but that doesn't really matter really she, you know doesn't really matter for the grand scheme of the thing it's just like how I don't know it was just so it was just so indoctrinated in everyone like the military oh, yeah. thing it was just so interesting to see that it was just like. And then his dad wanted him to go to Harvard. Do the Ivy League schools have like contracts with movies? Why do they always want to go to Ivy school? Like, what is up with that? Okay, this is just random and not important at all. But like the science, the, well, I wouldn't call it science class. But when they were dissecting the bug or whatever, and Carmen threw up, um, the fact that they were wearing no protection, no gloves. Did you I notice that? Down. Because I was like, I wrote that yeah, down. I, wrote that I, down. Down. I, I had it right, like, right here. No, no gloves. No, literally, yuck. That's what I wrote. I was like, I cannot even. What type of science class is this? You don't even know what you don't get. They don't, the thing is, the whole thing, the whole time they're saying how much they don't, how little they know about these bugs. So you're just gonna go in there, your whole human ass hands. Oh man. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, and the thing that like their their science science teacher was blind, and she's giving like this whole monologue. <laughs> you're not tough, okay? You're walking with a cane. <gasps> Oh, I, I'm not trying oh, to be mean, man. but like, come on, like, no, I just like making more of the fun of the. Oh man, that's terrible, terrible. She didn't have her hair pulled back. Oh, like, that. that was like, oh wow, that bothered remember, me too. Like that was such a violation in like science classes. Like they were so strict about it. We go, we go over this in sixth grade before we do anything in the lab. We get, we get tested on this. What should you do when you enter the lab? She check if you should you wear these type of shoes. Open, open, type, open shoes or closed toe shoes? Yeah. Uh, open toe? No, no, get out. No, get out. Review no, that wrong. one more time. You're out. You're gone from the class. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. That bothered me a lot. Yeah, that bo- Yeah. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> you have no idea. Especially like in quarantine now. Like, I, what about oh, me then? Yeah. But, like, especially yeah. now. Like, that's, pandemic would have hurt y'all. That's a whole pot of COVID. It's a whole pot of COVID right there. I've never seen young Neil Patrick Harris before. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, I forgot to write that down. But I was just like, is that Neil? Because when he was coming out of class, they weren't like, they didn't even have interaction. I was like, oh, is that Neil? I like forgot that he did stuff beso- before How to Get Away with Murder. Oh, not How to Get, oh my God. How I Met how Your, your mother. mother. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother. And I was just like, oh my God, smooth ass skin. So oh man, scared. he's so young. There, like I knew he was in the movie, but I didn't know that like, he was um, high school classmates with free- with all of them. I didn't watch a single trailer of this. I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know Carmen and Dina, which who are like big names that I don't know right now. I didn't know they were in there. Yeah, what's her name? Car- the, the the actress who played Carmen has like the vi- a mm. very nineties um, young look. woman look. 
Mm-hmm. She does. You know I mean, Denise Richards. Yeah, Denise. Oh Richards. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, there's like when he was discussing with his parents, the whole thing. Um, uh-huh. After he says, I- "I'm gonna join the service," and the his father is talking about like, "Oh, who who told who convinced you to do that? Was that your teacher?" And like his te- and like his teacher, I, I don't know his name, Rosnak. Or- I don't know how to say his last oh, name. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. But like his teacher was basically saying the social scientists, they ruined uh, the nation with their ideals and everything. I'm like, you sound like some people now. You sound like some people oh, now. Oh my God. Dangerous. In the 1950s too? Is that when this came out? That's so crazy. Especially with how like the US was dealing with everything. It was so anti-communism. Because it was like right after... Um, yeah, it was like right after World War Two, so like the, it's like yeah. the Cold War was around that big high, mm-hmm. and he, his father also said there should be a law against using a school as a recruiting station. I'm like, yes, thank yes, you. I did remember that. I did remember that. Oh, spree, preach! Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Let's it. Talk about it. And I, I've said this before when I was in high school, and mm-hmm. I think one of my teachers said like, "Oh, that's how we get our funding," and I'm like, "What? Oh!" And I oop. Because like because some of my selective service, um, like they get um, if they don't have like a table at like career fair, um, they won't get all the funding for the school. I'm like, do you not see how fucked up that is? Yeah, the 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 military service has a lot of pots everywhere. You know, they fund a lot of Marvel movies. Yes, they get yes. money. Yeah. Oh man. When I found that out, I mean, it didn't shock me, shock, but I was like, oh, okay, so that's what we're doing. It just makes more sense when you find that out, you know. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. um, I was like, no wonder that dude in Black Panther was like the good guy, and I was like, really? And they had uh, what, what's his name, Martin, whatever his he like, he's like the, such a cutie guy, so you he's like non threatening looking, sounding, and I was like, yeah, okay. Well, that's his character. That's it. that's been his character since like the comics. Like he was supposed to be like a buffoon, um, mm, kind of character. That's his character, but like I know what you mean because um. Especially because, like, the Iron Man, the first movie, first mm-hmm, Marvel mm-hmm. Universe movie came out. It was a yeah. criticism of the U.S. military. Exactly. And then, like, later on with Captain, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I didn't watch it is because it was used as propaganda to get girls to join the Air Force. The Air Force, yeah. Yeah. I was like, how dare you? Oh, man. And it wasn't even done that well. But anyway, we digress. We digress. We, di- we digress. We digress. Yeah. Um, another thing I had written down was the tech. I felt like the tech was really cool. I was like, what year was this made? Like, they, they, like, prophesized the Surface tablets. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, at the beginning, yeah. I was like, oh, they got a Surface in here. They got a Surface Pro. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. I, too, had a Surface Pro before it broke down on me. So I thought that was cool. They were, they were nice. And... Also, like, that whole, when he sent her, like, that drawing, I'm like, yo, that's, like, today's TikTok or Snapchat, like. Right. That whole animation sequence. Mm-hmm. But, like, they, they could have never predicted, like, meme culture. But, like, if they did, right. they'd be like, oh, so they made a meme about that in 1997. That whole propaganda video would be the biggest meme, bro. Oh, yeah, All yeah. Those propaganda it'll be, videos. It'll be shared among the students. I don't think it'll be yeah. shared among the students because then it'd be like, oh, that's blasphemy against the government. Mm, maybe, probably, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, kids are rebellious. They'll do whatever. Yeah, true. That's just like, that's just like fan fiction for us. Fan theory? Nah, fan fiction. Uh, yeah, fan fiction, I would say. <laughs> so when they all get recruited for like their respective branches, Carmen gets mm-hmm. into the Air Force, whatever it's called. She gets where she wants to go because she had a 97% because, you know, she's very smart. 
and yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. I'm gonna refer to him as Neil Patrick Harris. That is his character. Um, yeah. He he gets into games and theory, and they're and like mm-hmm. even the guy who's like like stamping their their documents. He's like, "Yo, what? Yo, I'm gonna salute you next time I see you." Like that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. Like he's also like a that sidekick. Like I don't think it's like a huge like. Then it's not talk about enough in the film. I think it's talking about like a little bit just yeah, his position. They like breeze like, through it that he's a psychic. And like I felt like they didn't really explain. And I, that's a good on them because they're trying to, you're supposed to be in there, or whatever. You're supposed to understand everything that's going on. But like the fact that they were doing exercises about like being a psychic, like I was just like, huh? What? I was like, they're, they're, it's on different areas. There's so much happening. It's not only a military thing, but there's powers. I was like, what's going on? Oh, man. It's, like, a lot going on there. But, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, with science fiction, they have, like, the, they have, like, mutant people with special powers, mm-hmm. whereas, like, in fantasy, they have people with magical powers to, like, fight against evil. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always, like, a special advantage they want to have. So, whereas, like, in a fantasy world, um, you have people who are wizards, and with this one, you have someone who's a sidekick, or you have, like, a whole division of sidekicks just to work together to get intelligence against the enemy. Uh, I'm like, yeah. yo, that's like, that's like cool, but also very creepy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want you to know what I think. Especially at the end. Oh man, the end. I want to I want to wait till yeah, we get to I the end. Like yeah, I feel like we there's, yeah, I feel like. We go through layers before we get to the yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> so when they, when, um, the, when the officer who's like Stan Perico's, um papers, he said, uh, what are you in? He's like, Mobile infantry. Good on you. Mobile infantry may be the man I am today. <laughs> and he has only one limb left. <laughs> and like both his uh, legs are gone. And he has like a metal right arm. And yes. Rico sees this. He's like, Ooh. he's like, oh no. I should have went to Harvard. I should have went to Harvard. Oh man. Yeah, that was funny. And like the fact like when they go and when he goes to boot camp, his sergeant is very abusive towards everyone. Medic! He broke a recruit's arm to prove a point. <laughs> I'm like, kind of, that was, what that was, the? I was like, wait a minute. But you need those people to fight for you. So what are you gaining? And then he threw a knife through someone's hand. Like he he questioned like why do why do we need to use knives for this? Like we're not we just shoot them. Like they're not we're not gonna be close enough to like stab it. And he's like, put your hand on the wall. What? Put your hand. And he like he very cautiously puts his hand on the wall. Yeah. And the sergeant just like throws it right at him. Like. Okay, so what point were you trying to prove right here? Like you can throw a throw a knife through someone's right. hand like for like fifty because feet away. Because you're not finding other humans, so like, what's the point of that? That was that was such a dumb demonstration. I was questioning their training as well, because like when they did like the live training, <laughs> their training was not um, good at when all. When they did most of the training, like they're using guns, but they're using human targets. Like they're using like human mannequins for targets. And I'm like, yeah. you're not fighting humans; you're fighting bugs. Like yeah. that's like your whole structure, and like. And then when you guys like fight bugs, eventually you're so vastly unprepared for it because you, that mm-hmm. wasn't in your training. Yeah, because you weren't trained. Like it needs to be a really, really large like target that they, and, and a moving target at that. And I think they were telling them that you had to like specifically like shoot at a specific area that will actually like kill the bug um, immediately. It's like a very small target too. So it's like a, I, I, I don't know how to pr- yeah. pronounce this word. Like margin of error, it's like a smaller margin of error, a larger margin of error. Mm-hmm. There's like a margin of error essentially. Yeah. And we both gone, we both done like on target shooting before. We both know how mm-hmm. it's hard to like shoot a gun. So like if, if yeah, you aim and for I'm like practically a... blind, even though I'm not. Okay, let me not come for the community like that. I'm not blind, <laughs> but I just 
I just don't have hand-eye coordination. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, like, thing is, like, it's easier to, like, that's why, like, when they do, like, um, when they train cops to, like, shoot, they have it towards the body. They don't have it towards, like, a certain limb because, like, your hand can move. Like, the body's hard to move. That's why you mm-hmm. shoot the larger target. Whereas for, like, the bugs, it's, like, a very slim figure, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I have here the mixed shower room. <gasps> yes! Oh my god, I thought that was so interesting. I was like, oh, does sexism not happen in this story? Like, in this universe? I was like, that's cute. Because they were just, like, naked and nobody was saying anything about it. And I was just like, aw. No one was staring at each other either. They were just, like, talking yeah. to their faces. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a huge level of respect right there. Right. And I was just like, this world, like, sucks at everything. But this, they got right. <laughs> Miraculously. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I think the thing they are going for was that um paul the director paul he wanted to basically come off as like if they weren't at war it would have been like essentially utopian because like there wasn't you didn't see racism and you don't see sexism either so like mm-hmm. eventually like they, they've evolved to that point where, like you don't have racist and sexist anymore mm-hmm. but like paul he he did say he was worried about political correctness in this movie oh, okay because everyone was in the war it wasn't like specifically for men it was everyone is he saying that because they had a common enemy they all had a common enemy in the war that like there was no kind of like kind of those like prejudice barriers in like humans. Is that what the idea was? I think that's essentially what he was going for. Like that's the ideology, the reasoning behind it, mm-hmm. um, which kind of sucks. Like we always have to have a common enemy to actually become friends with each other. Isn't I know. It? I know. But the thing is, my friend said that she was like, oh, I feel like we just need one common thing to really unite all of us. And I was like, yeah, Corona was it. Exactly. And look at that. That was that was the common enemy. That was the enemy, like an enemy that's coming for all of us, regardless of sex, race, age. And look at that. So I was just like... And he still had to make it a political thing. Exactly. So I was like, listen, it's not... At this point, it's just us. There's nothing... It's just America. It's just America. Yeah. It's just the United just, States at this just, point. Yeah. So I was just like, but anyway... Um, yeah, the showers was it, and then I thought it was really also cool idea. And there's always these scenes, and like those war movies, there's always a scene where everyone talks about their background and like their aspirations. So I I like that that they added that. Um, it's cool to see like, and it also offers you more about this world because obviously other war movies are just like regular war, like a fictitious fictitious war, but this is like we don't know what the hell's going on. I really like the fact also that they added this, like, when the reporter, first of all, the beginning with the reporter dying and we get to see what actually <laughs> happened. Like, why was he, like, move, dude, run away. And, like, even the video videographer, I was like, run! It's the money shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, he's dead with that money shot. Oh, my God. Oh, but, um, but think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Like, they do that today. You know, yeah. like, they record people dying for the clout essentially like for the views now so like mm-hmm. they weren't far off the picture with that you yeah. know and that, back then they were making fun of like the media and now it's just essentially like back towards us who like record people dying on the street so yeah, yeah. It, it, it is screwed up because like they are in the middle of a battlefield <laughs> so like, that's like, like dude, how you run <laughs> i'm just like dude you need to go and you know i get like really crazy in these like kind of situations i'm just like do something <laughs> like go but anyway i guess and like rico screamed at the do. camera he screamed into yeah. the camera he didn't scream <laughs> he didn't scream at the cameraman he screamed into the camera <laughs> get out of here get out of here 
But I like that after the Buenos Aires um, kind of went up to flame, went up in flames, they were like, some people think that, you know, the bugs are only just like uh, defending themselves and you guys are the ones. And he's like, nah, kill all the bugs. And I was like, there it is. That's the money shot right there. Because that like really just summarizes the whole goddamn movie. Because at the beginning, the first thing I know when they were describing the situation, I was like, it's not their fault that their gravity or like they're, they're surrounded by astronauts rocks it's not like i was like are they i was like, i'm so confused because are they are they like controlling these asteroids no they just that happens where they live if saturn's ring was like attacking us it's not saturn's fault <laughs> i was i was like i was like hold on they just glossed over this i was just like what y'all need to protect yourself against these asteroids but it's not that they're literally not controlling it so it's just like it just Things were not clicking, but I guess they're just not supposed to because it's supposed to be a senseless war kind of situation. But I was just like, what is happening? So I want to go back towards like the breakup between Carmen and Rico Mm -hmm. because there's just so many moments in this movie. I'm like, yo, what just happened? (laughs) And like they get letters. So they call it letters, but really it's just like recordings that they send to Mm -hmm. each other through through small DVDs. Because yeah, it was the nineties. That was that was a base technology back in then. Yeah. And he didn't have like a whole his own personal laptop. He had to it's like attached to his bed. His bunk bed, yeah. Yeah, attached to his bunk bed. And like when he put it on, everyone can see it, everyone can hear it. And then she breaks up with him via video letter. And yeah. everyone sees it and no one comforts him. They all just walk away. They're they're just like, oh, Yikes. They literally just Fade all into the background. Like, oh. I think one guy stayed and was just like, well, like one guy sat next to him. I don't remember what he said because it was like, it just didn't even seem important, but it was just like, but I, I'm glad that they didn't make fun of him too. I was also with that sense. It was like, oh, nobody's comforting him, but nobody is like making fun of him, which I thought was going to happen. But I guess, I mean, no, actually it makes sense for them not to because they, they understand. And like at that point you become family, whatever. But that was, intense they were making fun of them before because like I, at first it was because like they're trying to become friends with each other i think that's like how they become mm-hmm. friends and then like mm-hmm. he's already down at that point like don't don't mess with that like he's already down yeah. oh oh of course that's the scene where they go in training and he's like the lead and the guy oh, dies yes I was, like, yes I was like wait a minute did that just happen and it's just like such a blow too like it was like i think it was like a hole in his eye or something or unless maybe i dramatized it yeah, Just but straight it seemed, through. Yeah. I was like, a moment of silence. Like, that seemed really happy. And then the next scene, he got lashes? I was yeah. like, slavery? I was like, what is... They're beating up people? Did you notice it was a black man whipping him? Oh, no. I don't think I noticed that. Or I, I, I guess I didn't put any significance on that. Yeah, it was a black man <laughs> whipping a white man. It reminds me of that meme. Have you seen the meme where it's just like this one black guy and like these white guys are picking cotton supposedly and then Martin Luther King's pictures of the sky? Yo, man, we won't make anything funny. Like this meme culture is insane, bro. Like is anything sacred? Everything is a damn joke. But anyway, that makes me laugh. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I'm like, this is this is so problematic and they attach it to the craziest tweet like the most random tweet i'm just like y'all y'all not gonna take anything seriously okay yeah no but good on, yeah, i mean good on him i guess but I, that was pay- i couldn't watch it actually those scenes are kind of too much but because it's like oh it's really hitting my his flesh and this blood i was like uh-uh 
And he got 10? Mm. <sighs> yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, that's pain. Is it after that that he decided? Or like he was like, I should leave? Is that when that happened? Yeah, it was after that he, he wanted mm. to leave. And then he found out he couldn't leave because his home died. Yeah. It's home. <laughs> his home died his home died it's a it's a great metaphor i guess uh, yeah <laughs> i made this analysis like i think like 30 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. it felt like two different movies whenever you went to carmen's perspective and whenever you went to regal's perspective i i, I think i'm sure you you made this analysis as well where like whenever you saw rico's like experience you saw like a war training movie you're expecting like a mm-hmm. war movie and whenever i saw carmen's Carmen's training, I was just thinking like Star Trek, like this is more like a space opera. Very true. You know? So like, yeah. you can see like the dynamic between them two. So like, and they even say later on in the movie, like Rico says, MI does a dying, fleet does a flying. Fine, so, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So like, whereas the people in the Starfleet or like whatever it's called, whenever they make decisions to them, it's just like, oh, this, this is not going to affect this at all. But yeah. really like the, their decisions affect the mobile infantry a lot mm-hmm. yeah you see like definitely. the d- dynamic there like the whole like system of like um mm-hmm. the class system and you see it all around too the hierarchy the, yes thank you uh the hierarchy mm-hmm. you see the hierarchy with like wow like she doesn't worry about anything at all unless it's like a at very all. big issue like it, it it seemed like her side of the story like when it was her scenes it, it almost was like a rom-com that was in yes. space Cause like her and Xander are flirting. She's like a kick-ass pilot that's like getting affirmations from her like leader pilot leader person, and it's just whatever. And then cut to Rico, chaos, fighting, vulgar, like blah 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 blah, and it's just like wow. And the, I thought it was kind of crazy how he saluted his like Neil Patrick Harris when that happened. I was like, I thought we were just gonna, you know, like at least a hug, like, hey, hi to your wife, and then like, oh, let's be formal. But no, it was like formal off the bat, and that's because that's that's how militarized they've become, where they already knew that they were gonna do this, you know, like that was like ingrained. Like to me, I'll just be like, oh, like hug, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're the president or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, let me let me go ahead and just like make a joke, and it's like no, like they were fucking serious. I was like, okay, weird. If I ever become president, you're allowed to hug me first and then salute. Well, I don't uh, think yeah, gonna... I don't think civilians salute though. Well, I think see, yeah, they will salute. See, the Secret Service will first of all knock me out <laughs> if I get near. <laughs> but the Queen, you have to bow. <laughs> Still, I was like in 2020, like, can we not? Yeah. So I put in my notes when they did like the propaganda news, like right after, like when they did the Buenos Aires thing. You see, like their small kids doing their part essentially. When they're killing like bugs, but they're oh, not the bugs God. that they're they're really fighting. And you see like the woman, she's like cheering them on. And I'm like, yo, this this I think I think this would have been the moment. If people didn't know the satire. This would have been the mm-hmm. moment they realized, oh, this is not serious. But also like that's exactly how America's propaganda was doing during like world wars. That they were doing that shit. Like everyone's doing their part. Like. You're giving out canned beans. You're hiding under your uh, desk because of nuclear or whatever. And I think it's so interesting and always fun when movies draw from, like, real things. Especially if it's, like, a satire movie like this where it's just like, oh, it's supposed to be fake. But actually, this do be happening. <laughs> like, it does happen. <laughs> like, this is something that, like, they do. And this is, like, a class that, like, they learn from to do these things. And, like, the announcer voice that goes with the narration is always fun, too. It's, like, coming up. And then, like, all the, like, I w- I like to call it Back to the Future logos because that's just how I know them. But, like, the zzz, 
do you know what I'm talking about with like the propaganda videos they had like the the logos were all like um kind of they were like kind of spacey I guess like they were coming at angles at least from what I oh, remember. Oh, okay. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're talking about like the pop-up windows or whatever? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. I actually, um, this is something I realized as well. Whenever you see like the spaceships, I felt like I was watching mm. Star Wars, like the original Star Wars because like, yeah. have you seen the older movies? I haven't seen it in its entirety, but I've watched like clips and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, I was just thinking like the model or like the ships because like they, they were models first like they're like physical models that they made for the movie and then they just mm-hmm. filmed it but like they looked like like a star wars movie and like you see the stuff outside and then you see the destruction like everything like the special effects actually were like pretty good for 1997 for like a yes. for like a space movie yeah i thought i thought so as well yeah i think like people from like all different genres could like this movie so like it's like a mm-hmm. comedy essentially if you understand the comedy it's a mm-hmm. it's like a sci-fi movie it's a military movie and it's all that in one. Yeah, definitely. I feel like had I known it was a comedy at the beginning, that would have been nice. But I think it was almost fun to discover that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like on the way. So there's, there's actually two scenes that I really liked in this movie. The first was in like the pilot, the Carmen's pilot. She says, hey, this this isn't random. Like when like when they see like this, this space, the spaceships get destroyed on their first mm-hmm. attack on the bugs, she's like, no, that's, that's that's a coincidence. That couldn't happen on purpose. Because like when the bugs are attacking with their cannons, they think it's just random. But like it's, uh, but then they soon realize, oh, they're smart now. This isn't right. random at all. But like before, she was saying like, no, 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 the bugs couldn't have like wrecked that ship. Someone made a mistake. Someone must have made a huge mistake for that to happen. And they keep saying mm-hmm. like it keeps happening. Like the cannons keep hitting the starships. And she's like, no, 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 someone made a huge mistake. They could have done this. Oh, my God. And then, like, when they go on the ground, the mobile infantry, they just, like, wiped out. They said, how, what did they say, 100,000 died in one hour? And I'm like, yo, y'all got your ass whooped. And then the scene right after was when they discussed the news. There's, like, a scientist panel. I'm, I'm sure you caught this. There's, like, a scientist panel between, like, a scientist and, like, someone who's, like, the host. And yes. like the scientist, she's like saying, no, they, they got them smart. It eventually gets to the point where like the species has to get smart for their own survival. And then like, yeah, the host is like, no, that's a, that's a, that's bull crap. That's bull crap. They can't be smart. They're like, bugs. They're bugs, they're bugs with brains. But he kept saying like bugs that are smart. That doesn't make sense. And I'm like, that is very accurate for panels these days. I think it's always been that way because they made fun of it then. But like that looks like something straight out of like TV now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is like they got that on the nail with that with that mm-hmm. panel right there. Like they got that on the nail. That was like, boom, that's like mm-hmm. that be true. That be true. It's also like a tactic, I feel like to always like assume like um, that's your part that whoever you're fighting is just dumb as hell just to make you feel better when you lose or just to or just to make you feel better. I don't know what it is, but like I feel that's a thing that happens a lot. Like you always just they're like always assuming that whoever they're fighting is just dumb for and then like the idea that nobody has like paused and was like, hey, they did nothing to us. They're just retaliating. And there was like nobody has that pause. But that's what the military like complex does to you like you always got you there's like no time for like diplomacy or to talk things out or like reconciliation it's all about like fighting 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 and i was just like i do not understand this dude like the author of the book i was just like i don't understand like how his ideal world will work like this i mean obviously the soviet union or whatever the so- like they went down for a reason but i think at that time everybody thought that like the way that the soviets ran things were just like 
awesome because they were around for so long but i was just like this is insane like and then um obviously we meet like the master bug what i don't even know the big bug and that the was just bug, tragic the brain bug yeah that was tragic when oh man like neil patrick harris is like he's afraid i thought everyone's gonna be like oh he's afraid and they started nope. chanting and i was like oh why did i think that <laughs> why did i think there was gonna be like a happy resolution or whatever or not happy but like normal the first the first attack on the bugs I didn't feel bad for the infantry soldiers. Does that make me bad? No, it doesn't. Because you you know what the movie is trying to convey. Like, you know that they're just protecting themselves, the bugs. I also felt bad for the bugs. Like, (laughs) imagine if someone came to your land and just started attacking you out of nowhere for something like... For, like, an accident that wasn't even in your control. That's what they do all the time. So I felt hella bad for them. I was like, bro, they do not deserve this. Y'all need to leave them alone. And they were doing a pretty good job at first, too. Like, they are like, no, you know, no, 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 you're not going to come in here. You're not going to come in here and invade my land. Okay? Like, that that first attack, that was an accident. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> it's space, guys. Get over it. Like, space going to do what space going to do. Like, I don't have control <laughs> over it. Like, what is going on? It's oh, just, man. Yeah, that was, that was insane. The fact that Zan- Xander died, I was like, what is going on? Oh yeah, that's a very rough death. Like, yeah, you can still like, like I guess you can still sympathize or empathize with that. Like, yo, just like right in there, like right in there. Ooh, and they were already like in pain because they already had like uh whatever. And they're already like, stabbed through. Bug, yeah, yeah, they've been stabbed through. So I was just like the pain. I mean, I like Xander for Carmen, honestly. But I, I mean. It wasn't going to work with Carmen and Rico. I mean, I'm sure they're going to make it work, but like a pilot in a mili- Like, it's just like they're living different worlds. It's just like... Exactly. I was forward. I always thought... I mean, not always, but like... Obviously, Dina likes Rico for some goddamn reason, so they should probably just, you know, whatever. She didn't deserve to die because I felt like she was stronger and more capable than Rico. I mean, at one point... Because she Wait, seemed who? like she was really... Dina. Dina. Because oh, yeah. it seemed like at the beginning, it seemed like she was just so much more than Rico, while Rico was just too scared. So and like um, and Dina was like fully into it, even though Rico signed up to do this. Dina was more fully into it than um he was. He was like I yeah, don't know. definitely. And she was like she was more willing to take down the sergeant in the beginning too. But like she still lost. Mm-hmm. But she was like no, no, yeah. I'm all in on this. Right. Yeah. So I also made a note that like there are like very quick promotions in the army in here. <laughs> How would you like to be a sergeant? How would you like to be a lieutenant? Huh? How would I like? What? Oh, yeah, apparently, like, if you don't die, you're promoted. Or, or unless they find someone better, which they probably won't because, like, you'll die before that. That's how quick the turnover is. <laughs> because <laughs> people keep dying, so they get promoted really quickly. <laughs> uh, that's why, like, that's why they tell you, like, don't accept a job that, like, um, that accepts you too early because they're like, something's going on there. <laughs> Even though I'd rather just have a job. <laughs> you just reminded me of my security job, man. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. That job. So Rico also, like, took his mentor's words to heart. Like, he, like, every, like, phrase he said um, that his mentor said, he eventually said as if it's, it were his own. Like, he said, um, uh, what are you guys waiting for? Live, are you guys waiting to live forever or whatever, like, before they go to war? Yeah, and he yeah, also yeah. said, um... He also said to, I think, Neil Patrick Harris's character, he said, because he asked him, do you want to be lieutenant? He said, I think I'll take it until I die or he finds someone better, which is the but, same yeah. thing his um, mentor said to him. Yeah. So, like, 
I guess that just shows how like how much mentors have an impact have an impact on us. Like we'll sometimes mm-hmm. like take on their sayings as well. That's why I mentioned Zuko did after Uncle Iroh did. Uncle Iroh oh, died. Oh yeah, yeah. His whole persona to like help people, you know. Yeah, I bet he did, and it, and like you can tell with like the son. I mean, obviously he's like a well adjusted. He doesn't seem like he went to torment that Zuko went through, but yeah, he seemed like a cool, calm, collected military general. Side note. Zuko's son is attractive and I'm still trying to figure out how animated people are attractive and that's something that I've been wrestling <laughs> with myself for ages like I don't understand how that's possible that you're animated and I think you're cute like it's just like in my like right like why is that a thing but anyway oh no that's something that like I used to think was weird with me because like yeah. I like 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 um what's his name Shiro with Moonlight I didn't have that support system with friends like hey is, is she cute to you like she's animated right no 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 no, 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 no. You, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> you see it too I know you do <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and I thought it was also it also shows how like impressionable that um Rico was and I think all of them were really they were impre- like the um the government or whatever in that time did such a good job at like just making this like this is the way it is and like kind of like honor and fight i mean but that i think every like people do that now honor and fighting honor and dying um this dude missing all of his limbs and he's still proud of it I'm just like, okay you can be proud and still have limbs but you know things happen the, there are a couple of things that i really liked about this movie and i think when i see this movie i also see why how i like other movies related to this mm-hmm. so and like the reason why there's like a genre called swashbuckling adventure it's not like a very common word nowadays but essentially like an adventurer going on an adventure you know that's just like another word for like adventurer and they know how okay. to fight essentially so other examples of this movie are like the mummy and the mask of zorro so like those are classic swashbuckler movies with this movie what i felt was like it's like a pulp magazine story where it's like one mm-hmm. of those old sci-fi stories you see like like they're like for a dime in like those old 1950s movies they still have those nowadays but more more to get more popular you just publish it online you don't really see mm-hmm. those magazines anymore like they're still around oh. but that's what i felt like it was it was like a 1930s story yeah especially like when you see carmen and xander crash into like the cave and they're fighting on the mm-hmm. bugs the guns and i'm like mm-hmm. this this looks like a cover for another movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that um I think we everyone notices at the end, like if you didn't if you didn't know it was a satire for like this whole movie, you'll you'll realize it is at this moment where like the very like when it ends, it's mm-hmm. another propaganda video. And we've been leading up to this. We've been leading up to this. Remember, like, before we're like, we wanted this to the ending. This, we're discussing yeah. the ending right now. It's a fascist news propaganda right there. And you see it in, like, the way they dress. Especially, like, mm. when you see Neil Patrick Harris, when he comes in with that I was that, like, this is a Nazi. Coat, yes. You're like, yes. I forgot to oh, what? <laughs> it's like, if you didn't see it then, like, hi, he kind of looks like a, oh. Oh, okay. You see that? So it's just like, wow the nazis used film for propaganda and it, it was very effective and it's still effective now for propaganda now like we yeah you're susceptible to propaganda whether you know it or not mm-hmm. they do it in films nowadays we even discussed it with the marvel movies they put yeah the military influence into the movies and you don't know yeah. about it until you do research onto it so it's a very effective way for propaganda and they did it the nazis did it they still do it now and they did it with this movie because they wanted to like show you this is wrong yeah 
So what did you think when you saw that? My first thought was like, oh, snap, Nazis. I was like, but they, they dressed him like it. Because like nobody else was like dressed in like that way that he was dressed. Um, and it also shows that he was like a commanding kind of officer. I also liked, so, well, the ending scene where he's like touching the brain and he's doing his psychic mumbo jumbo. It's just, it was, it was just very scary how victorious everyone felt with how scared this guy was. And, or well not guy this this the thing bug. was yeah this bug um and then at the end when they're actually doing the video they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna milk basically this uh this bug until we can find all the information we can get and then they're just like when they're just like poking him poking the bug and everything like that and like when you know like the little thing that he had that came the bug had when it came out the bug of its, horn, like, thing. I guess. yeah so when that was cut and then they put like, uh, I couldn't even watch that scene where they like stuck oh, something man. up. There. Like I had to like, just like close my eyes for like a couple of seconds because it's just like, that is so intrusive. And it's just like, I know that was just so painful. And there's just like, basically, and it just kind of ended in a tone, like come back next time. And that's not like, you know, there's like sequels or whatever. But I was just like, man, this is insane. And it's just like, they're rejoicing on it. They're rejoicing. And then I always, when I watch these movies, I always think about how, how hard it is to come back from oppressive regime regimes. Cause it's just like, even if like something were to happen and like they, they're like, okay, we need to stop this military complex. It's going to be so hard to like get that doctrinization out of people. And I think about that all the time. So it's just like, they're really stuck in this military-esque kind of like situation. And it's just like, Oh, I don't know. I was just getting a lot of um, like 1984. But I guess this is not a Big Brother. But like all those like dystopian movies just always come to mind every time I watch like something like this. So Jason, do you think you should have seen this movie sooner? So I, I've been saying this a lot. So people who are listening, <laughs> who are being consistent listeners, um, I don't think I would appreciate it, it enough if I seen it before. But not just that, I don't think I would have understood it if I saw it like when I was mm. younger. Because this mm. movie was on a lot. Like it's it, this is like a staple movie for TBS, right? Really? They showed this movie a lot on TBS. And it was like early early to mid two thousands. And I even told you I texted you earlier today as to like why I wasn't consistent with watching Avatar when I was a kid. Is because yeah. I didn't have like the kids' channel. So I was always watching like TBS. So like Seinfeld and Friends. I'm tired of Friends because I watched it all the time when I was, like, nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, Seinfeld I still like. But, like, with Starship Troopers, like, I always saw it was on, but I didn't see how it was a comedy. Why is it on a comedic channel, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but if I saw if I saw it when I was nine, I probably would not have understood the satire behind it. And I probably would have been inspired by it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That would have been dangerous. I'm glad I'm watching it now after, like, my whole education on propaganda on on satire and like my whole background on doing my own satire mm -hmm. i can appreciate a lot more now you know yeah yeah and especially what we know about the military complex and like all that yeah it's i think it's a good movie to watch like older rather than younger because younger i would have i wouldn't have understood it and i was just like what is going on like i mean i was saying the same thing but like it was like a funny what is going on yeah 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 definitely this was a this was a good choice this was a good choice i didn't think i was gonna like when i saw 1997 i was like oh here we go <laughs> here we go but even look older than 97 like you said like not in like um not in just like like the 
cinematography or whatever. It kind of looked older because of like the way that they were talking and everything. I guess because it's a military movie, but I was just like, uh, it's an old movie, but not too bad. So actually just another quick note on this. This should be like a PS, uh, postscript, um, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, I, I found an issue after I watched this movie. I did a little more research on Wikipedia. Rico is, in a book was Filipino. And his whole family is Filipino. And his whole name is Juan Rico. Really? They made this yeah, blue-eyed blonde boy? Yeah. Like, wow. and it, it, even his father had, like, another name. Um, his father had, like, a, even had a Filipino name. And then they just changed it to Bill Rico. I'm like, wow. Oh. So, like, for a film that was very diverse in its cast, they cho- they really whitewashed the main character. I think this spoke towards... I think it kind of makes... I don't want to say it makes sense, but I think it kind of spoke towards like the imperialism of what happened um, before the movie. Like this, like mm-hmm. the like the lore of the film yeah. where Buenos Aires is very Americanized and they're mm-hmm. all speaking English. So mm-hmm. even though it's called Buenos Aires, it's kind of like Los Angeles. Oh, it's supposed yeah. to be Los, Los Angeles. Yeah, like they they Americanized Los Angeles, like the western part of America. Yeah, because the, before um before white people, they were like on this. Well, I say I don't say before white people, but before like the United States conquered that place, colonized mm-hmm. that place. It was held by the Spanish. Yeah. So that's what I think is what happened, like with the film. Like maybe that explains why he's a white character, but I don't know. Like it, that kind of bothered me at the end, you know. Like yeah. when I found that out, like oh, he's supposed to be a uh, Filipino. I didn't even know that, but I think it's also like they always like whitewash characters to make it digestible for American audiences. Um, but I think. I don't know. I feel like hopefully maybe since he was white and like he could be like he looks like anybody, I guess. I don't know. I don't feel like I don't meet that many blonde haired, blue eyed people anyway. But um, <laughs> maybe be, maybe they'll like think they'll um because a lot I feel like uh, white people specifically are able to like um get out of themselves more. They're like they're they're like able to like see something that oh, that's not me and get out like kind of like. I don't know how to explain. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're able to just, like, they see something and they're like, oh, that's not me. That's not me. And they just kind of, like, uh, and they just kind of, like, forget dismiss about it. it. Yeah, dismiss it. And have a kind of, like, an out-of-body experience. So if it's, like, a Filipino class or, like, just, like, a, just people, a different culture class, like, a cast, they would just, like, oh, those funny people, whatever, those fascists. Yeah, I know they're all fascists. Not in America, not in democracy. But if there's like a white, I know it's supposed to be satire, but it also addresses like so many things that we have here, like in the U.S. So I feel like having a white cast really just be like, you know what? Are y'all listening to this? Are y'all hearing mm. this? Maybe, but like, but that's crazy though. It is that yeah. like they changed that. I did not know that. Okay, we reached the end of our discussion. Enmi, thank you so much for being here. So before we head out, we want I want to ask you, um, was Moonlight a hit or miss for you? It was a hit, 100%. All right, and what about um, Starship Troopers? It was a hit, but people be aware of the satire. <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to be taken yeah. seriously. I, I agree with you. Both, both films were hits for me. I liked Starship Troopers knowing it was a satire going in. <laughs> so where can listeners find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's Edmy, A-D, E-D-M-Y, A-D. Um, that's it. My Twitter's off limits, so. <laughs> My Twitter's off limits, too. No one follow me. <laughs> if you find me, go ahead. I might follow you back. <laughs> so that's the episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cross off a new film from your list. Woo!
Thank you for listening to the Hitlist podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. It really does help. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Hitlist Podcast and Instagram at the underscore Hitlist underscore podcast. 